Okay, we're back. This is part two of the episode with Rick Radcliffe. When we last left off, Rick was telling us about tracking his Subaru WRX at Willow. So let's dive right back in to the action. Um, but then they did, I'm trying to tie, uh, Global Time Attack was there also. So, um, so you guys run, then they get the track, then you guys run, then they get the track. Yeah. Um, pitted next to me was a 997 GT3. And I can't think of the guy's name, uh, Cameron. I think he's from Col- uh, British Columbia. Super chill dude. He and I were running about the same times. So I followed him for a little while, and he followed me for a little while. But he was out there to have a good time. He was in a 997 GT3, and you guys were running the same times at Willow? We were close. How close is close? I, we were in the... My best time of the day was 150 and some change. I was running 153s. We were like... About the same, 150, low 150s. But I no, think... No offense to you at all. That guy has no idea what he's doing with that car. Uh, well, he was... We actually chatted for a while, and I'm like, dude, how is it possible that I am keeping up with you? <laughs> let me and let, let me reiterate, no offense to you at all. Like, that, yeah. that's an intimidating track. You haven't been on the track in years, and, you know, the, you're, you're laying down these great lap times. That car should be significantly faster. And and he was totally honest and said, I'm here to learn the track. I'm here to have a good time. I'm going to go at a speed that's comfortable for me. Okay, and I'm gonna, that's totally fair. He, uh, super, super cool dude. Totally 100% fair. Um, so I, I had a great time talking to him. Um, I'm out on the track in one session, and I look in my mirror, and there's McLaren 720S in, okay. my, in my mirror. In now, the beginner group. I had never <laughs> seen this car before the entire the day. F- I've seen aliens. That's an alien. <laughs> no, like I had been around. The oh, pits. you haven't seen it, right? right the right. car has not been there at all that day. So I'm, I'm like, what? And like, it's like uh, turn three, there's nobody behind me. Turn five, there's a McLaren eating my ass. Yeah. And I'm like, where the hell? So I get moved over and I go talk to the guy for He's like, yeah, I'm running a little late today. Um, that was just my warm up session, and he moved into the advanced group right after that. Okay. And oh my God, that car was so fucking fast. Yeah. Like the, the advanced group had really fast cars in it, and I, of course, I can't think of what was in there now, but like M4 GTS right. and Porsche 997 GTS. Yeah. yeah. He was pulling them on the straightaway, oh, like yeah. standing still. Absolutely. It was just, it was incredible. It's a to different class of fast. Watch. No question. Oh my God. Yeah. I have a whole, like I loved McLarens before, but I have a whole new respect for them now. That car was unbelievably fast. I still haven't driven a 720S, but I mean, just like if, if you go out to that event with a fucking 570 GT, the speed difference on the straights will be like, whoa, okay, we have a difference here. Um, yeah, it's an impressive machine. So to give you an idea, there were a couple of places where I could look down at my speedometer. Going into eight, I was going into eight at 90. Okay. I was, try- I was trying to be at 90. A couple of times I was at 88, but pretty much I was going in at 90. Um, Are you braking before you get to eight? Or- no. Okay. No, I, was, I, I wasn't super accelerating, but I wasn't braking. You're holding throttle. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was 100% no balls. You no, know, that's that's the thing with eight is is th- so I think it was in the ATS V sedan I drove there and just as the day went on it's kind of like 
fuck, I need to carry so much more speed into eight, through eight, then relax on the throttle, and then get back on it as I clip nine. I, I, like, I was going into it in the beginning of the day, probably at 90, and at the end of the day, like 110, 120. Like it just, you just, you build up to it. Eight, eight is intimidating. Eight is intimidating. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't build up to it. I was pretty <laughs> much 90 the whole day. Um, and uh, part of it's because it's my street car. And, and this was not my ATSV. Yeah. This was at the drive for the car. And the first, not the first lap, but the second lap out, I went into nine way too hot. And I came Did out of nine. A I, wheel? No, but okay. I was like, I went, oh, fuck. There's the edge of the racetrack. And I'm right next to it. That's what you're supposed to drive to, though, my friend. Well, <laughs> that, except, means, that means you did that corner correctly. Except I hadn't gotten to the apex yet. Oh, okay. So you're way off. I was tracking out. <laughs> I was tracking out long before the yeah, apex. You probably way out. It probably was a really fast lap if I could have stayed in it. Yeah. But factory tires, I haven't really... They weren't slipping. The, they're Dunlop Sport Maxes, and they weren't really slipping. But I just haven't built that level of confidence. Are they still in good shape? Um, yes, but they definitely had willow rubber on them when they were done. Yeah. So I want to. I want to say. Um, so in the Global Time Attack group, there were a number of Subarus there. In fact, it was probably seventy-five percent Subarus. So uh, on Instagram, there's Stig JTM was out there. He was super cool. I talked to him for like twenty minutes. Um, Therese Master, probably talked to her for an hour in between different things. And then um, uh, Sally McNulty were there. So um, got to, like, these are people that are kind of known in the Subaru community for road racing stuff. And great time. Everybody is super friendly, willing to help, you know, answer any questions, anything like that. Um, Another big thing that stood out, and I, I don't have a name to go with this now, but there was a lady out there. Uh, another another like eye-opening surprise. I look in my mirror, and there's a fucking massive, bright yellow Dodge Charger okay. in my mirrors. Where the hell did that Mo- come Modern from? Charger. Modern Charger, yes. Uh, 17 or 18. Would have been cool if it was like a 69. It, it would have been, but <laughs> this car is still pretty cool. Full undercar arrow. <laughs> Splitter, full undercar, right. and a diffuser in the back. So we get off the track, and this car, I let her by, and she blazed. I know it was a female at the time. But I'm like, holy fuck, who is that? She's since changed gender. Um, she said I, she was female at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know she was female at the time when she went by me. So I get over to the pits, and of course, and, and I know she's going to be rolling her eyes if she listens to this, but I... I pull up next to her car because you can't miss a bright yellow charger. Right. I pull up next to her car and I'm like, I wonder if there's a guy that's like not here or something. Aww. But she, I don't remember. She's like like yeah, she wasn't, kid, it was me. She wasn't wearing a racing suit, but I, at least I was Were you smart. in a racing suit. <laughs> Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, say like, you were in a racing suit. Um, at least I was smart enough to say, Hey, is this your car? And she's like, yeah, it's my car. So, we start talking about it. Motors all stock. You never had me. You never had the car. <laughs> Sorry. I wish you whipped off some Toretto shit at you. 
Well, and I didn't. Dude, she blew by me like I was standing still. That car, um, I checked lap times. She was six or seven seconds a lap faster than me. Nice. But That's she a lot. 400 horsepower to work yeah. with. So at Willow, with it being a horsepower track, I don't lose a ton of... of uh, you shouldn't you lose go that way. any sleep over any yeah. of it. I had a great time until 3 o'clock. To, time it was to go home. Hundred and five oh. degrees. So I don't even want to go a out. A lot of this, a lot of the um, touring people, the global um, time I'm attack sorry. people, um, a lot of them stopped running at like two o'clock. There's like, like it's, it's, uh, out of, well, on track temperatures probably one hundred and fifty. Um, my car was saying it was one hundred and five ambient, but I mean like actual. Yeah. Well, the problem was all the Subarus. Our oil temps were at like 270. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it was hot. We weren't getting any, f- like I looked at my- Everybody's pulling was, in. My fucking head gasket blown. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> well, it just, every, you know, we're like, um, uh, Therese comes in and goes, yeah, I had to, I had to let off in six and basically cruise the rest of the lap because my oil temps were through the roof and I'm like, yeah, mine are too. So the next upgrade for my Subaru is probably going to be- it's going to be a Mishimoto oil cooler. I looked at Perrin makes one and Mishimoto makes one, and I would do the Perrin one all day long if it didn't double-sided tape itself to one of the brackets. Like, seriously? That's how it's held in? Yeah, you double-sided tape the bottom of it, and then you like you put some tension on it and you bolt in the top. Except we're in Southern California, and double-sided tape doesn't last. Well, also, you're in like, like I'm no longer at the beach, and you're in not close to the beach. What did I was listening to Matt's podcast earlier today, and he was saying he was talking shit about Inland Empire, and like you know we're the Midwest of of California. <laughs> yes, it's, it's hot. My um, friend lives in Corona. My my other friend lives in Corona, uh, and he moved there, and we lived near each other in Huntington Beach for years. And he moved to Corona, and it's it's hot. I think it's supposed to be ninety six tomorrow. That's hot, man. I mean, it's not. It's not Indio. I did a vehicle inspection in Indio. It's not Palm Springs. Last week, well, Indio's Palm Springs. Yeah. Oh. Um, it was 105 when I was doing the vehicle inspection last week. Um, so anyway, so I've been in Palm Springs in October. My wife and I went there for our anniversary one year, and we were at the pool, and it was 114. We're like, this is the fucking dumbest shit ever. And the pool was 95. Yeah, you're like, you get in the pool, you're like, ow, I gotta get out of yeah. the pool. Ooh, I gotta get back in the pool. Yeah, I, I've, so because I'm a teacher and teachers are cheap, um, they uh, they like to book teacher conferences in Palm Springs in August. Right? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> so we get there and it's like you get to stay in this really nice hotel, but there's no point to it because um, it's just too freaking hot to do anything. So. Um, it's my brother was just in Palm Springs. My brother was just out to visit me. He he does this thing every year. So my brother is sober um, uh, for the right reasons. Like he needs to be sober, uh, and he has been for years. But there's this big sober get together, um, and I'm not trying to mock it. Uh, let me get this out of the way. I am not trying to mock this giant get together in Palm Springs of sober people. It's just something that I would never choose to attend. And I'm sure the bartenders love making a thousand 
lime rickies with no alcohol and fucking Shirley Temples, but whatever. These people are doing the right thing in their lives. So again, I'm not mocking this. It's just I find also find the event comical at the same time because I'm an alcoholic. But um, so he was just out there and he was talking about how fucking hot it was. And it's it's June. And it's not even you can go yet. out. It's not even. It's not even hot yet. Well, and in fairness, inside the dealership service bay, it was ninety five. Oh my god, those poor techs! They hadn't even turned on the fans with the misters yet. I'm they like, have misters in the bays. They have misters yeah. and fans in the bays, and they're like, yeah, it's not even hot enough to turn on the misters yet. Are you kidding me? They got to hit like 100 or something? I don't know. I was That's like, fucking crazy. Palm Springs is beautiful at the right time of year, and then other times February. it is absolutely hell on earth. Yeah, there's like two weeks in February it's after that. fucking crazy out there. Um, so moral of the story here is that you're fucking stoked on the car. Love it. You're so back on the track. Bought it January 3rd. Um, it hit 10,000 miles on Willow Springs on June 3rd. Has eleven three eleven four on it now. Never sits still. Still, so with the track stuff, no squeaks, no rattles. You're still golden there. Super solid. Okay, car drives beautifully. I I love being back in a Japanese car because it just freaking works. I should try to borrow the STI Type RA and call you and get your opinion on it just to see what you think. Well, I've driven it. I can unmarry my Cobb tuner and put it in the RA. <laughs> I don't know so if we'd be allowed to do that one. <laughs> well, they won't I really mean, it's, know. Well, it's so. also number 000 of 000, so it's not like they it's... It's going to get crushed anyway. No, it might not get crushed. It might go into a museum. It might go into... It might become like a display car. It might... All right, that'd be cool. They're probably not going to crush these, though. I just saw... There was a Facebook conversation literally about this, how another journalist in Detroit got one. He's like, I just really hope they don't crush this thing. And the one of the head comms guy was like, we're talking about other things other All than right. crush. I think there's three triple zero type RAs or maybe there's more than that. Is there that might, no, the there's press fleet? No, there's got to be more than that. Uh, some of them are going to get some of them are probably going to get crushed. <laughs> so we talked about Legally, you have to. Yeah, because they can't sell them. Right. They can't be on the road. So we talked about Arrow. So if I had known, oh, yeah. Yeah. if I had known there was an RA coming, I might have waited for it. You would have paid I'm, that much. I'm a little jealous of the carbon roof. Yeah, because carbon. Yep. Also, it lowers um, your your. I mean, probably by millimeters, but it still lowers your CG. Uh huh. Um, um, the I like car, the wing on it better. The car drives. Is it's it. It's clearly better than a stock STI. Like you get into it, you're like, you, and you drive it. The turn in is so much sharper. It's crazy. Um, it's still the EJ25, so it's still that. But if you know that and you go into it knowing that, that's fine. But the just the way the car drives, it's such a massive upgrade over the stock STI. So is it worth the extra? 15, 10 to 15 to whatever thousand dollars more. If you just look at it from that, no, but then you add in the fact that it's 
crazy rare collector's edition, mm-hmm. last hurrah of this STI, I hope, I have to imagine, the car needs to move to the global architecture and, and do what it does. And So every time I start my car, right. I get the outline of the next WRX. Oh, yeah. But I, and I don't remember what they call it now, the RS or something like that. Oh, I don't know. So there's been some, there's been some like spy shots and some renderings and stuff of what the next WRX is going to look like. Okay. That comes up on my dashboard every time I start my car. Okay. And I'm like, seriously, guys, this is not nice to tease me like That's this. That's funny. Um, because if the car looks as good in person as it does in all the renderings and stuff, it probably will get me to buy the new car. Well, there you go. All right. And I, I just wish we got the fucking Lavorg wagon. That thing is so badass looking. Um, but of course I want a wagon because I'm cliche. I, I would buy a wagon. Um, be so much more useful. Right. Right. I always say whenever it comes up with our CX-5, if they sold the Mazda 6, Jacob Brown, if you're listening, if you sold the Mazda 6 wagon here, myself and three other people would buy it. Okay? Because <laughs> um, that is a gorgeous wagon. Um, well, we can't find out how many people would buy it if they don't make it available. Kudos to Jag for selling the sport brake here. Absolutely. And that car was so good. So inside baseball, sort of, no, I mean, not really. Um, we at Hooniverse have never asked for a long-term vehicle. I just feel like we're too small compared to the outlets that get these long-term vehicles. And then, like, what are we going to do with it? What's our plan for it? We could come up with a plan, but then we have to do it. We have to make a plan. Um, and that's not what's stopping us. I've just never had the, the balls or the gall to ask because we're small. But then, before they even delivered... It was our, it was like a day out before the XF sport break got here. I emailed my contact at Jag and I said, Hey, I don't know what the smallest outlet that is ever that you've ever given a long term or two, but I but if if it's possible for us to get one from you, we need an XF sport break because I know I'm not gonna want to give this back and and we need to somehow make that happen. They said they're currently very friendly PR speak saying we're currently actually re-examining our, the way we handle our press fleet in that we maybe have too many press cars in the entire national fleet and we need to cut back, which makes sense. Everybody needs to save money. So he, but then he added, but if we don't, I'd be happy to talk about. Sweet. However, that's also friendly PR speak. So, yeah. um, but that's, that's how much I loved that jag. It was so good. Super expensive and that's though, for what it is. It's an XF sport brake. Okay. Uh, it's like, it, I think the fucking thing starts at like at like 70. I think the one I was driving was 76. They, they usually, you can get them into the 80s and 90s. That's so much money. Saw an E63S on the road the other day though. Oh, there was an, uh, it was an E63S, E or C? E. E63S at Willow. Wagon? Sedan. Oh, okay. No, I saw an E63S wagon on the highway the other day. Oh, this thing was fucking smoking people. He was in the advanced group and passing the 997 on the straight. That car was way faster than it deserved to be. Yeah, that's, yeah, in the straights. Oh, and I just want to go on record. Um, In my decision to buy the WRX, the Civic Type R probably would have gotten the pick yeah. if I could buy it for sticker. 
Oh, for sure. But their ten and fifteen thousand dollar markup is that still done. going on though? Yes. Really? I was just I was just at a dealership and they have fifteen on the window. That's crazy. And I'm like, seriously? That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's a brilliant machine. Everything I've heard says it's amazing. And Honda, uh, I mean, how can you have 306 horsepower and find a way to work out the torque steer? Have you you've seen how the front suspension works, right? Oh yeah. It's ingenious. And those rubber band ass tires on there. And it's still not like a, the focus RS rides way harsher and uh-huh. the civic type R looks like it has painted on wheels or tires. Um, it's crazy. Uh, so we're moving on to what I just gave back. I just gave back the Lexus LC 500. Nice. The engine note is absolutely intoxicating. Uh, so they pipe noise into the cabin, but it is not fake. It is not digital. It's not speaker. There's a tube from the intake through the firewall with a bypass valve. I'm okay with that. And then the exhaust has a bypass valve, and people who've been outside the car and heard it go by said, no, it sounds fucking awesome. Naturally aspirated, 471 horsepower, Lexus's newest architecture for front front engine rear drive the car and uh i mean it looks like a fucking concept car it gets tons of looks on the road uh-huh. and i scratched the ever-loving shit out of it <laughs> oops um so funny story i've never done this much damage to a press car And I did it while the car was in park. That takes some talent. Because I've been with you in the car moving. So, do tell. I bought... I have this new suction cup-based mountain bike mount, which is actually behind me over my head on the top there, the Sea Sucker mount, and it is awesome. And I trust it. Um... I was nervous about it at first, but I've read all the stories. People are like, I, I put, I've done a thousand mile road trip with kayaks on my roof held on by suction cups. And then I thought about the time where I put a, what was once a $5,000 camera when I bought it, it wasn't worth that much, but a Canon 5D Mark II on the outside of an Aston Martin in Palm Springs at the Palm Springs International Raceway with a, with suction cups and I had it up to 150. And it's like, that, and to me mentally, there was no deal, no problem there. So why can't I do around town speeds with my mountain bike on my roof? So I bought this mount, and it's great. And it's a two bike mount, um, and it's a through bolt mount. So I take the front wheel off, and I put it in. And the forks usually just once you get to where they need to be, they usually just sit there. And I slide it through. And then there's a separate suction cup for the rear tire that's held on with Velcro. Um, but it's like heavy duty Velcro. The fucker's not going anywhere. And the, the pumps, the suction pumps have never like once they're in, I've never seen the, the, um, the, the pumpers move out so that you see the red line that tells you that you're losing suction. I've never seen that happen yet. So that's, that's not an issue. That's not what happened here. I get home after a great father's day ride. I did like 13 miles on the bike in the morning. Um, come home park it in front of this garage door up but i parked it sideways so that i can like take shit off and and do whatever because you got to take the the thing is you always have to take the mount off so there's always that 
but the thing is I can move it between every car, which is yeah. fucking awesome. Uh, and I, and I'm looking forward to having fun putting it on cars. It shouldn't be on like really high end exotic shit. So it's going to look great on the next Aston. No, I've already, yeah. <laughs> um, I've already thought about that. Um, so I take the proper procedure for moving the bike off the top of the car should be unstrap the back wheel and then move to the front and pull the bike off. What I did was I loosened the through bolt up front and slid it out and then turned my attention to the back wheel. Like a, like an absolute fucking numbskull. Like, and so the bike's sitting there fine and I unstrap the rear tire and I'm not thinking. And then out of the corner of my eye, it just starts to go over. I'm on the driver's side and it's listing passenger side and it goes all the way and it tumbles down the side of the car onto the ground. The bike is fine. They're, they're made to be crashed. But look at these pedals. Look at, look Uh at the bikes. And Jeff is pointing to very nice anodized, uh, colorblind me thinks they're green. Um, the color's mm. awful on these pedals, but they're, they're very expensive pedals uh, for flats with shitloads of bite in them. And I, they're super thin is what you want. You'll never, ever ride barefoot. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so one of those pedals grabbed the roof rail. Oh, no. And the roof rails are not metal. They're plastic, as I come to find out. Oh, shit. I scratched part of the rear glass. I took two big chunks out of the roof rail. I put two big scratches and a small dent in the right rear fender, and then there was one more scuff on the further up roof rail. Tell me this is a pre-production car. No. Oh, that's And it's this, like, gorgeous pearl blue paint. Oh, you got I don't think it's color? that. I don't think it's the crazy rare, like, Wakanda paint that they did, but it's um, now because... So this is the most, thankfully, this is the most damage I've ever done to a press car. And by that, I mean, I've never been in an accident, a collision, a this or that. You know, I've never drifted it into a tree or something like that. Uh, and I didn't mean that as a specific dig at anyone. Honestly, 100% did not, even though I know someone who's done that with a press car. Um, and he wrote about it, which is, you know, good form because you're telling the truth. So I did, I oh man, I it fell over. I took photos of it. I reached out to Lexus and said, I feel like the biggest shithead possible. Please let me know what I can do to help alleviate whatever has happened here and blah, blah, blah. They're like, the, the guy who picked the car up, he's like, I've seen way worse than this. He's like, and this thing's... A, and You're an amateur. He's like, this thing is nearing the end of its time in our fleet anyway. He's like, they're going to fix it all up. So don't worry about it. I still feel like absolute garbage about it. Um, but I know that I will never take the bike out of the mount in like... In, I, I unbolted the front and walked away from it and then went to work on the back wheel. It, I mean, it was so dumb. Until it, the bike fell in slow motion. It was like, no. The roof is glass. The whole roof is glass. Oh. So the fact that I barely did any damage to the roof is crazy, and it did not have the optional carbon fiber roof, though that probably would have been better because it would have been less... I don't know, man. Because the glass, you just unbolt and you put a new piece of glass in. Like you just cut it yeah. up. And the 
carbon, I think, would have been much worse because you can't like you can't repaint it, you can't fix it. You have to replace the carbon. Yeah, no, that's true. So because it's just a layer of glass. I yeah. think what you mean to say here is. The Lexus LC500 is an incredible vehicle with it an amazing an exhaust note, <laughs> and it's quite durable yeah. with minimal damage after dropping a mountain bike on the road. I'm going to need you to open that third crowler here in a moment to, that I just shared that. Um, but no, I actually wrote about it on Hooniverse today. I did a Hooniverse ask, what's the dumbest way you've ever heard a vehicle? Because for me, that was the dumbest way. Um, yeah. That's what I did with my mountain bike. And I can't think of anything right now, but I know I have that beat in a number of ways. <sighs> the fun fact is I'm going to do that mount again coming soon. Remember how I told you I'm going to that, um, going to a park? In Arrowhead? Yep. Uh, Josh Ostrander and I are going to ride this park, and we're putting our mountain bikes on the roof of a ZL1. <laughs> As Which it be should be. So awesome. Okay, I want to know at what speed they come off. So I know someone who, te- before I actually put my money where my mouth is and bought this mount, because this wasn't from Seasucker, I got it. You actually used real money. Yeah. Um, the there was a There's a dude in Utah. It was either a Lamborghini or a McLaren, and he has a roof box. He has a, a full roof box, so it's like... I think the everyday driver guys have talked about him. Maybe. There's two small cups in each corner, Mm -hmm. and that's what holds it to the roof of the supercar. And he found an empty stretch of road and hit like 170. And the the cups didn't budge. So I'm fine. So far. I'm not worried about it. No, I'm not worried about it either. Um, So because I'm opening this last can, this crawler is... The Trinity Belgian Triple. This oh, is shit. mine. Were you planning to open this one? I brought three cans on purpose. Okay. Um, this is my personal favorite. Um, hopefully, you haven't had too much already because this is a 9.2, uh, and it is amazing. Well, speak for yourself there, bucko. Um, only one of us has to drive home, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, this is the first podcast where I ever get to... Well. The first... No, because you've been here for a podcast, too. I was going to be the first oh, one where I get to walk upstairs. So... I also have to, Mr. Zach Clapman, yeah, um, very graciously came to our career day last year at our high school, Norco High School. I spent all day talking to my students. Are you giving me shit? No, no. I'm giving (laughs) Zach shit because I told Zach, hey, I'll be more than happy to come out to the podcast anytime you want and I will bring beer. And that was a year ago. Zach is super busy. Super busy. Yeah. Also, he's in Europe right now. Yeah. I'm trying to feel sorry for him, but it's not happening. You shouldn't, because it seems like they're shooting some really good shit for yeah. uh, the drive. I'm just really curious what they're going to do. Um, it seems like somehow Kristen Lee is going to be involved. That would be cool. But she's not there with them. So I don't know if it's going to be like a, these two are the main hosts, and then Alex Roy is going to do a bunch of shit, and then other... like I don't know if they're going to do like a rotating ensemble alongside the two. I don't know what the plan is. So I'm just calling Zach out. Next time you're in town, I'll bring beer. Okay. Just tell me. So anyway, Belgian triple coming up. Oh yeah. Um, you don't need to turn it off. It's, it's fine. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Now uh, I'm going to move to, cause we're running properly. 
old school length podcast here. I was going to talk about the F-150 diesel I get tomorrow, but I mentioned that already. And then I'm towing an Airstream base cam with it this weekend, which is basically like Airstream's studio apartment. So it's the smallest one, but it's like the nicest studio apartment ever. But instead, as Rick pours this, I'm going to, and I'm very excited to get both that F-150 diesel, which I'm going to cover, pour harder, pour harder, yeah, just pour faster. Americans try to pour their shit too easy. You're just going to pour harder. No, that's perfect. See? Shit was perfect. Listen to your beer snob friend. First, that's the first time he didn't spill beer and he poured it perfectly. He's trying to do the first time I met my friend Francois, who works in the beer industry, um, who was the guest who didn't speak on the last episode of the podcast. He, uh, I poured a beer so slow in front of him and he said something like, You fucking, he didn't say you fucking Americans because he's too friendly for that, but he did say, like, Oh, you guys pour so slow. Um, but you see, look, look at that. Perfect fucking pour. That was a perfect pour you just did. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting a photo to accompany this, which I will post after, even though the head is falling. Hold on. Let me get that. Okay, there we go. I just took a picture of it as proof. Um, So... Yeah, we all try to, in college, we learned to like puss in high school too. Uh, let's be real. We learned to like pussyfoot our beer in for the least amount of foam possible. But thankfully, everybody mostly these days knows that there's a lot of flavor hidden. Oh, the foam dissipated really quick though. I wonder if that's the glassware or what. I'm very curious about that. Or take it could be the style sip. though. It is a Belgian. It is a Belgian. Take a sip and tell me what you think. Okay, I'll take a sip. It's uh, What's the name of it? This is the Belgian Triple. So, um, oh yeah. When I completed my doctorate, um, I was promised by the beer maker a bottle of the Belgian Quad. Ooh. So, I don't know what alcohol content it is, but I'm going to guess it's somewhere around fourteen percent. The Quad, the not quad. this one. Yes. Um, and it is super smooth, and you do not know the alcohol content until you have your first bottle, and you go, oh, shit. It's one of those. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, you know which one always, always or one of the first beers that did that for me, not to get off track here, but you all like talk, hearing about beer, I think, um, Golden Monkey. Have you ever had Golden Monkey? So Golden Monkey is a delicious, like, entry-level Belgian American Belgian beer, and I forget the alcohol percentage on it, but I, I don't even remember who makes it at this point. But you have Golden Monkey, and it's one of those beers where you're like, oh, this is really good. You wake up the next morning, you're like, what the fuck happened? It's one of those beers, which is probably what that quad is. No. No? There's no, like, there's no downside to it. No, no, no. No, no, not, not, there's no, I'm not saying, like, hangover. I'm just like, you're like how the fuck did I get so drunk last night? Like, I only had two or three beers. Oh, no, you know it after the first one. There, there's no question. You're like, this shit is amazing. All right. So anyway, so I'm calling, I'm calling Dave out because uh, it's been two years. Zach out. No, I'm calling the brewer out. because oh, he hasn't made your beer yet. No, it's made. It's in a bottle at his house. Well, tell him what the fuck, man. Which is a block from my work. Dave, well, he shouldn't transport beer to your school. No, but I can stop by his house on the way home because it's literally on the way home. Dave right. Barone, Stone Church Brewing, 
You got to try it. It's an amazing, amazing beer. You should be a race car driver because you're really good at dropping like your shops, your beer. And I'm not faulting you. You should. And and here's the best part. I paid full price. Of course. Uh, oh, before I get into the question. So the Wombat. Update on the Wombat. I have a... From the, the, the shop, I have a number. And it's higher than I was hoping, but it's exactly where I thought it should be. It's still less than my Porsche. It's exactly where I thought it should be. So to begin the work, rather than me handing him over all of that money, because I just don't have that money, um, or I'd be living on the street, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give him part of it, and then we're going to do some work, and then we'll give more, and then we're going to do some work. I'm still hunting for sponsorship to try to alleviate this. Um and also free more freelance work, um, but we'll see. So, like, there's a number now for what it's going to take to get the car going. So that's where we're at. Do so you want to share the number? No, with you oh. after. Okay, but it's it's you would guess it, so don't say it. But you would guess. Are it. you going to share the current plan? I've heard. Oh I've no, heard no, that's that's already known. The Hemi, okay. the Hemi. I'm going to list the Hemi on Craigslist very soon. I had a guy who, who reached out to me after I was on Matt's podcast in Colorado. He has a '66 Dodge Coronet, like a driver. He said he calls it a driver. I saw a picture. I'm like, that looks pretty dope. Um, who was very interested in it? He's like, I love this. He said, I have a thousand stashed away from the wife. And then we could talk about shipping. So I was like, oh, you know what? You know, that's kind of cool. It's way less than I would want to get for this. But to help someone out who's a fan of Matt's and this and that. And then I looked up shipping. And the, the, on the, the absolute cheapest I could find was like three three fifty. And that's me boxing it myself and finding a way to get it to a depot. Um, and then it's more closer to like five to $700. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. What, what sucks is I'm driving the Subaru to Nebraska and not my truck. Are you going through Denver? Yes. <laughs> but actually, I feel like I can get more than 1000 though, in California. Yes. For the whole thing. Yes, you can. Um, I paid 2500 for the engine and transmission and harness originally. The harness is gone. Just poof? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Oh, we're not dealing with that. The engine and transmission, reportedly when I bought it, it had 40,000 miles on them. It's obviously missing parts on the top end. Not too many. But the intake. Oh, yeah. Remember? I might know a guy that can help somebody out if they're looking for specific Somebody can find a fucking intake for a 2004 5.7 Hemi. That's not hard. Um, You just got to find the right buyer for it. That's all. Honestly, there's going to be... I'll tell you who the right buyer is offline because it's not going to sound right online. Um, My understanding is that generation of truck... Did have some issues with valve seats dropping, so Are there's probably points? some people out there that need some some motors. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'll have a problem moving it. It's just going to be dependent on the price, which will help alleviate some of the price. Well, not that much price on the rest of the price of the car. And then the plan is also still to um, sell the blue bands when we're farther along in the project. You know a. Jag long-term would really help this whole process. I would feel like a big scumbag for taking a press car, specifically to cover my project car. However, I wouldn't say no. Is Sloan still in the car seat? 
Yes. I think there's a lot of content to be developed here about all of the great things that you can do to get your kid to become a car enthusiast from the backseat of a Jag wagon. I agree with you a lot. So I'm not, I'm not dropping it with Jag. So don't, so yeah. I'm trying to help you on this part. I know, but you're not thinking things. You're not thinking new things. These are things I trust me. I have, I I know, um, (laughs) the, um, but so the wombat isn't stagnant. Let's put it that way. And I'm not paying for parking anymore. Thank fucking God. Oh, I think about how and much I would have offered that. earlier, but I just moved. So no, 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 it's no. not like, no, no, no. Um, maybe in, instead of Jag, maybe we need a little competition between manufacturers. Yeah, it's not going to work out well <laughs> because what really should happen is Mercedes should give you a wagon. Mercedes oddly doesn't return my emails anymore. Maybe not oddly. There's there's like this changeover in PR staff, and ever since then, I have not got a press car from them. I don't get invites on their trips. Blah 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 blah. So, but that occasionally happens. This is that this is definitely inside baseball, especially for smaller outlets. Larger outlets don't have to worry about this because it's just a constant stream of the invites and the press cars. Smaller outlets, you're constantly you're not battling, but when you're you become known with the various communications teams and you deliver work for them. Um, and by work, I mean they give you a car, you return that with the content and blah, 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 blah. Um, you just develop a working relationship. Now, when there's changeover and you don't know the new, know the new people, they might be looking to cut costs, be like, oh, no, you're too small. You don't need these cars or I don't know you or this or that or I'm going to give it to this guy. This guy needs a shot. So that's just a thing that happens. And for me right now... I'm in the midst of that with Mercedes, and it's a real bummer because there's a ton of shit I'd love to drive of theirs. So, whatever. But that's how it is. Well, maybe you need to find somebody, one of the bigger outlets, to put in a good word for you. I've had, and this is a more extreme example, I've had maybe four people do email introductions to the same person at Porsche. Not once has that email been returned. Because they don't give a fuck. Um, so well, maybe that. they need to go ride with you on the Hooniverse Hooning Grounds. They and don't, but they're Porsche. They don't. They feel like they do not need most outlets' coverage because they're Porsche and they're going to sell all of their shit anyway. Be, and I'll be totally honest: if you listen to seventy-five percent of the podcasts out there, they talk about Porsche every freaking week anyway. Yeah. So I understand where Porsche is coming from. Um, hello, Mercedes. Um, people aren't talking about Mercedes wagons. It would be really great if people were talking about Mercedes wagons. Yeah, but they're, the amount they sell, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, so just know the Wombat is, is it's not dead. That's all I'm saying. Um, and the other Mercedes is still getting work done, but we'll talk about that when that work is finished. How about a Hellcat long-termer? Hellcat long term would be all right. I don't th- it would be a uh, charger. Yeah, would be charger would be good. Um, I mean, the gas would suck. But that's what Sloan came home in, right? Yeah. So now we need to we need to have an update. An update would be good. I could could maybe pitch an update story. At least for a couple months. I don't know if I can pitch an update long termer though. That's probably a harder sell. 
But I like well, Brie. Now like she's old enough to remember. Honestly, the better one is the Durango SRT is really good. 475 horse in a Durango. Trackhawk. The track, there's no way that would happen. And that is one of the best dumb cars I've ever driven. It's so fucking good. I, I would really like an opportunity to take one of those it's unsupervised so for a couple minutes. Good. And it's so dumb, which is basically my whole video for that thing. Uh, we're moving on to Patreon questions. David Six asks, are quick jacks worth it or am I just too lazy to use jack stands? It seems like they're a pretty cool option, no? Um, I would, is there a fail safe? Is there a pin you put yes, in? Yes, there's a pin in it. All right. I just thought of that. I never thought of that. And then I realized as I'm saying it, it'd be fucking idiotic if there wasn't. Um, so, for instance, on the Subaru, the Subaru has beautiful jacking points right on the, on the frame, on the pinch welds. It's really kind of challenging to find somewhere else to put a jack stand once you put the jack on the jacking point. BMW, they have beautiful plastic jacking points. It's the most, it's the most beautiful car to lift up with a lift in the world. But once you do that, everything else has got plastic on it, and it's a real pain in the ass to find somewhere else to put a jack stand. So to answer that question, I would love it. However... I have a low-profile jack that just barely fits underneath my car. I don't know if the quick jacks are going to fit they're in that use case. pretty low. I think they're pretty low. So it might be one of those, your specific application might need to be tested, but I would say from what I've seen, it's worth buying it and trying it. Just make sure you can return it if it's not going to work for your specific application. There you go. That's a good answer. They look, I mean, they look dope as hell. Uh, Dan, I might have to go buy one just so we can play with them. Okay. Dan Mosqueda, are you going to Radwood NorCal? What is your favorite Radwood era American car? No, I am not because just I, I just don't have the time to get away to do that sort of thing. I wish I did because Radwood, I love Radwood. I love everybody associated with Radwood. I love all the cars and the people. My favorite Radwood era American car is a very tough question to answer. I loved that 560 SEC with the, the cocaine oh white my with God, the going doors. That's not an American car, though. Um, but that car was so fucking sick. Um, American car. American car. Might have to be the one LE Camaro. If I don't love that era Camaro, though. Um, so I'm like trapped. I had two of them when I was in high school, so I kind of there. I love the fact that you could turn a Fox LTD into a fucking sleeper pony car masterpiece. So there's that. Um, I'm going to go with that just because that came off top of my head first. Marshall Cash, since Rick is stopping by, what's the most important skill you want to teach your students before the end of the school year? To think. <laughs> Critically. To, to actually understand how the system works and then diagnose the problem based on how the system works. That, that really is what it comes down to because that's what we see in the industry over and over again is that somebody didn't take the time to diagnose the customer complaint and understand what their real concern was and then go and find the problem and fix it. So if we can think, teach them, and really, honestly, even more basic than that is use the resources that are available to you. I tell them all the time that I took my first automotive class after I had taught auto for 10 years. 
because I needed a certification, not because I didn't know how to work on the car. Right. So it's it's highly likely that you can teach yourself, especially now with freaking YouTube. If we had had YouTube when I was little, I would be so much better than I am now. Um, case in point, I was wiring the uh, the trailer wiring for the Subaru. Um, you have to wire 12 volt power to the the wiring adapter in the back. So I I learned how to take the entire interior part of the Subaru so I could run the wire. Of course, it's all in flex loom and it's all zip tied to the factory loom and run all where it's supposed to be. And I get to the driver footwell and I'm like, where the hell is the grommet? Because there's got to be electrical going from the engine compartment into the body. Right. It's in the A pillar. Oh, shit. Which is, for most people, that's to the left of your ankle. And I'm like, how in the hell? And I'm looking, I'm like, I'm not taking the fender off to get to this thing. Right. So I get on YouTube. Can I get through like a fuse panel or something? No, it's way easier than that because I'm a dumbass. You take the inner fender liner out and you have full access to it. Oh, okay. That's not bad. It's four screw. Well, because I have mud flaps on my car, so it takes four extra screws <laughs> and three push clips, and you're there, and boom, done. Hmm. I was like, oh, my God. I, I could have spent hours trying to figure that out. I had two minutes in YouTube. Thank you, YouTube, and I'm done. Right. Uh, and I would love to credit the guy that it was an amplifier install video, but thank you very oh, much. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you solved my... Well, because I actually looked for amplifier install because nobody's going to have a trailer wiring install video, but you got to run power to the amp. So that's what I looked for. That's smart. Boom. So use the resources available to you. Um, The other thing that I hope to teach them is Google does not know everything. Right. Because they're so used to Googling answers. The problem is that they look up information, but they don't question the validity of their answer. Yeah. And so they find all this stuff, and I'm like, you don't even know what you're reading. But that's definitely not the torque spec for the wheels that you want. And they go, they're like, it's 200 foot-pounds. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> and by the way, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and look up the procedure for replacing the wheel stud? Right. 200 foot-pounds. You know, and they're like, well, this has got to be the answer. I Googled it. The fuck kind of bug is that, by the way, flying in here? Ugly. It's, I mean, it's just like a little beetle, right? Um, or something. You should open the door and let it out. There's like a bug flying around here that I want to hit with my hat. This is a brand new Celtics hat, so I don't want to do that. Probably need to get one of those door sweeps underneath the door. No, I definitely need a door sweep, but... Maybe some AC in here, too, but you're so close to the beach. Oh, shut up. Oh, no, it's going to come after me. Oh, I might have winged it. You're going to make it angry. I might have winged it. Borrowing under that leaf. Um, okay, we're moving on to the next. So teach them to think. As you see it pushing around, you should step on it. Just get up and step on it, please. Hold on, Rick is killing the bug. Thank you, thank you. I'll sweep it out later. It is now two dimensional. Oh, I hate bugs so much. Um, it's funny when he when Marshall asked that question. All I could think about was the lessons that I'm trying to teach my daughter. Um, and it's, I mean, she's only going to be three in July, uh, but it's, you still like, you just like, you just want, you just hope they get the basics. Like, and this, I would think this would apply to your students. Like, just be kind, you know, like just be kind to other people, be safe, 
be kind. That's Jen says that to Sloan. Be safe, be kind. And I have to say I'm very, very fortunate because, and I, t- and I tell my students in Norco High School this all the time, I'm very fortunate because I go to the meetings with all these other teachers and they tell me all these horror stories with all, and I'm like, it must really suck to be at your school because my kids are amazing. Right. And we just, I don't deal with 90% of the issues that all the other teachers deal with, right. which gives me time to teach and do fun things with the kids. Right. Right. So somebody in Norco is doing a good job because by the time they get to me, we're a small school. We tell them all the time we're a family. You don't always like the, the people in your family, but they'll always be family. Yeah, there you go. That's like Fast and Furious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Morris, longtime listener, second time caller. Since you're getting into mountain biking, here's a hypothetical. In a Top Gear style race against a downhill bike down the mountain, which car would you choose? Something nimble and abusable? I'd imagine I would tr- choose a trophy truck. Absolutely. I mean, you're going you're gonna to thrash it on what you're about to do. So I might say a bowler. Because a downhill bike, the thing with the bowler is. Are they on the same course? That's what I'm wondering. Normally in the Top Gear thing, they're not. That's what I was thinking. Usually the car is on a street and the mountain bike just goes straight down the Bowler hill. would be a good choice. Trophy truck would be a good choice. How about um, a Razor? I, I got a ride in a Razor the other day. A Razor? Like a, a oh, know, Polaris. Polaris yeah, yeah. Razor. Um, and I did not like it at 30 miles an hour. I was... I loved it at 75. So I'm, I'm going to tell people this because it's not going to happen. But I emailed or I, I text, first text and then I am my friend Zach Bowman to say, hey, do you know if there's a record for coast-to-coast off-road? And he said, not that I know of, because then I said, what if we did it in a Polaris side-by-side? And he said, well, there's the Trans-America Trail, but the people who drive their asses off do that in three weeks. I was like, ooh, maybe we don't go, maybe we don't go after this record. He's like, and also part of that is on road because you just can't You can't go, go coast to coast off road. Right. Which is kind of a shame. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. If I can find the time, I will be Zach's Alex Roy. Um, the fact that he was extremely reticent says a lot though about the undertaking um, Sam Stein at Samuel underscore Steinuel is the devil 16 real. I think it is oddly enough because we've seen the engine dynode. We've seen the body shape moving under its own power, probably not that engine powered. And then the company that's building the engine is a very reputable a super high horsepower Michigan based engine builder. So I think the car is potentially, potentially real. Um, but you know, it's in the realm of like the like in hypersport and all that shit. And is it a one car exists or will there be multiples? I think the goal is to have multiples, but I'm sure there's only one at the moment. You know, this is that, that V 16. It's two LS motors together. It's, it's, it's the um, the structure of the engine blocks is LS based, but they've basically milled. So they didn't just stick them two LSs together. They weld two LSs. It's, it's like legit milled 
it's a real V16 with LS architecture. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Okay. And it broke, it exceeded their dyno at like, like 4,900 horsepower. Like some obscene, yeah. batshit, fucking crazy number. Well, uh, if you can build a, a seven liter LS to a thousand horsepower without too much difficulty, I'd. I'd be interested to see what this thing can do. Yeah, but it's a lot more moving parts. It's double the moving parts. Also, yeah. also, imagine the crankshaft. Well, it's just a custom crankshaft. It'll just be. But a it's still fork. a work of fucking art. And it's as long as this garage. No, <laughs> not LS, really. I LS know. motors are tiny. No, I know, but yeah. still, it's huge. Well, I will tell you, there is a huge difference to go from one of something. To multiples of something. Oh, for sure. Even even when you're talking Pagani or Koenigsegg qu- uh, quantities, yeah, it's a massive undertaking because you go from custom making one splitter to now I need forms and molds and right. I, you know it's so there might be one right there might if, be one if they can make more than one that'll be the impressive yeah. thing. sure absolutely. Ben Roger at Ben Roger, at what speed do your suction cups for the mountain bike fly off of a car? We already answered that. That guy had the shit up to 170. So there you go. Um, I don't. Well, so I think it's time to pitch it to McLaren that we need to find out how fast or pitch it to the company. You know, what, what can you find that's 220 ish capable so you can test? How, you know, I like it. How uh, may, you have a truck mountain bike. Maybe you can get truck to sign onto this and say, our bikes are so aerodynamic that at <laughs> 200 miles an hour, you can't blow them off a, a McLaren. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, I like new, it. New Aston DB 11. They don't do 220. Um, like 208 or something. The, what's, uh, what's do the, like a Vulcan, a Vulcan. Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be nice. Can you do a lap of the ring in a Vulcan with the mountain bike I don't strength? even think anybody's driven the Vulcan. But you did. No, no, the Valkyrie. I haven't driven a Vulcan. You drove a Valkyrie. I haven't driven a Valkyrie? What would you do the, the lap of the ring in? A Vantage? No, you drove, you drove something that was a track only. And, oh, it was a GT3 Vantage. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Well. I think probably is a top speed of like 180. Okay. That would probably be good on the ring to test these suction cups. On the ring, yeah, it would. That great pitch. I like the test, to test it on the ring. That's the Because the cornering is the more... Honestly, the cornering is probably harder on it than the top speed until a point. So um, here's your pitch. The pitch is pick up the car in SoCal, put the mountain bike on it, take it to Monterey for a track day weekend, and run the track day weekend with the bike strapped to the top and then go mountain bike the track for a couple or like Laguna would be perfect because you can mountain bike the track also. Right. And then drive home. I like it. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Maybe like a, okay. I like it. Um, Facebook questions, Blake Swan thoughts on the Porsche take it. Here we are talking about Porsche. Will Liam Neeson drive one? I think it's incredibly uninnovative and fat, but curious on your take. I actually complete the name is terrible. The car yeah. is fucking amazing. Um, Porsche has created their own 
um, Tesla beater. It's it's an electric Porsche super sedan. Electric only? I think so. That's what I remember. Yeah, and it's it's going to be the numbers potentially could be. I don't have the specs off the top of my head, but I know they're very impressive. I think it looks fantastic. I think it could be. I th- I think it's amazing. It's an amazing direction from a company focused on sporty vehicles to to dip their toe in the water and be like, nope, this is the future for us too. So I, I disagree that it's uninnovative um, there. Uh, Tommy Loretto, what's your favorite band other than Pearl Jam? I like, I really like Led Zeppelin. I think, um, I just, I don't know. I So I've always preferred the Beatles to Led Zeppelin. And then in the last three to four years, I've switched and be like, you know what? Led Zeppelin has so much better song. Like I love the Beatles, but Led Zeppelin has some, so many more songs where I'm like, fuck yes, this is such a good song. Um, so I think that's the direction I would let's, go. Let's other add a than caveat to that question, though. Okay, caveat to the question: current band. Uh, okay. So this is a weird answer. Then um, I like. Uh, I've always been a Jay Z fan for hip hop, um, but you know, you know what? So. I like going on vacation as people do, but I also like reminding myself what it was like on vacation, which is why I like listening to Jack Johnson. Cause it makes me feel like I'm on a beach somewhere or I'm in Hawaii. So Jack Johnson, Ben Harper. Um, and I'm not like a, like a fratty bro who's like, Oh, this is the best shit ever. But I just listen to it because it just reminds me of being on a beach somewhere. So that's more modern. Pearl Jam still plays music today, so it's still a modern band. And Led Zeppelin still does too. Somewhat. All right. Without the original lineup. Um, so there you go. That is an episode. That was a long fucking episode. I, I tend to be verbose, <laughs> somewhat loquacious. That was good. Also, uh, the beer was delicious. Rick, tell if you want anybody to follow you on any social media channels, say it now. Pretty much Instagram, rad23racer. That's that's there you go. That's it. Uh, you know all of our channels. Um, you know where to read us. You know where to find us. And if you don't by now, it's just weird. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>